You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Welcome to your Canadians Connection on Rocket Sports Radio. This premier hockey podcast featured on allhabs.net brings you the latest news, in-depth analysis, and expert commentary about the NHL's most storied franchise, the Montreal Canadiens. Hosted by Rick Stevens with Amy Johnson and Chris G. Our team of credentialed journalists provides behind-the-scenes insight on the Canadians, designed to inform, entertain, and engage Habs fans around the globe. We are proud to be the trusted source for all things Habs for more than a decade. This is the Canadians Connection Podcast. Well, hello and welcome to the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio. Welcome. This is uh, episode 163 of the Canadians Connection podcast. Uh, We're a proud affiliate of the Hockey Podcast Network. And uh, thank you to our sponsors, DraftKings. You'll hear from them uh, here in just a bit. Uh, I am uh, your host today. My name is Amy Johnson. I'm joined in the studio each and every week by my wonderful co-host, Rick Stevens, who is our founder, president, and editor in chief at Rocket Sports. Rick, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Glad to have you back in the hosting chair. Um, and this for our, our midweek it's edition. Wednesday. Yeah. It's Wednesday. Uh-huh. This, the, the chair feels different on a Wednesday. <laughs> well, <laughs> you know, we do this time from time to time for our listeners. Uh, yeah. This happens to be a, a busy week for the Montreal Canadiens. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we're going to divide things up a little bit differently and, and, uh, have a midweek podcast, and then, uh, well, we'll tell you more about that in uh, our third segment, but um, we'll have a uh, another, our next podcast on a Monday. So, what? Yeah. What, are we just trying Changing out days of the week? <laughs> see how this one feels, see how that one feels, you know? Yeah. Do we sound different on different days of the week? Um, perhaps. I don't know if that's good or bad. I don't think I want anyone to tell us either. <laughs> All right. Well, tell us, yeah. Uh, well, we have a great show for you today. Uh, as Rick said, we've got lots to talk about. Uh, we're going to take you back through um, the last couple of games that the Canadians have played and just kind of refresh your memory on what has been happening with the Habs uh, in the most recent game action. Uh, going to bring you up to date on some roster news as far as uh, most recent things going on with either uh, players with injuries or missing practice uh, or roster movement. Uh, probably the most notable part of that is Carey Price returning to Broussard this week. We're going to talk about uh, that, uh, kind of what has happened so far. Uh, he actually issued a public statement um, on social media that we're going to talk about um, and and just kind of set the stage for, for what has brought Carey to this point and, and kind of expectations moving forward uh with with carrie price but it is good that he is uh back with back with the team again 
Uh, we're then going to move into a Habs prospect report. We'll get you all caught up on the Laval Rocket and what they've been up to down in the AHL uh, and other fun things that are happening at the AHL report. Um, and then we're going to talk a bit about um, two two kind of two very different things to end this first segment, but important things. First, we're going to talk about attendance and uh, attendance across the NHL, but also for the Canadians and the Canadians season ticket holders. Um, there's some some stats that we want to discuss and there's some um, kind of, uh, I don't know discerning I, I don't know we'll get to it yeah we'll get to it because i don't even know what the word is but it's it's not a great story and i think it's a story that uh, i i agree it needs to be told so we'll get to that in a moment but we're also then going to talk about dominic ducharme's notorious system and how it's not working out that all that well so we're going to kind of analyze his his system and and hear from a couple of players of about trying to execute that system um, and then in our second segment today, since we are doing these two, uh, instead of one big show on Saturday this week, we're doing uh, this show today on Wednesday, and then we're coming back again on Monday. So we're doing kind of a, a shorter show. So we're not going to necessarily touch on a big topic, but we are going to, uh, in the se- in the second segment, just uh, get you up to date on all of the great content going on at, at Rocket Sports Media right now, uh, get you updated on some f- in some fun things that we have going on and get you ready for a very busy weekend of hockey for the Montreal Canadiens. So we should get to it for sure. Um, Rick, I'm actually gonna, I'm gonna toss, I'm gonna toss things to you for this first segment uh, a a bit. Um, As you said, it's, it's kind of, not only has it been busy for the Canadians, it's been busy for the Rocket Sports team, both at All Habs and at the AHL Report. And you do such a great job with our comprehensive game recaps uh, and game coverage for the Montreal Canadiens. There were two games that had been played uh, most recently. Of course, Saturday, uh, the Canadiens hosted the Vegas Golden Knights. And then on Tuesday, they hosted the LA Kings. Can you just tell us a little bit about how that went? Well, the short version is the (laughs) Montreal Canadiens on on Tuesday against the LA uh, Kings. uh, Montreal almost won. Almost. And uh, on, uh, yeah, the, but they the, didn't. <laughs> the Saturday game, um, they won that first period very convincingly. <laughs> and then? So, oh, you want more than that. Okay, yeah. well, listen, on Saturday, uh, it was a dominant effort in the first period. C- Canadians uh, 20 to 1 uh, in shots. They outshot the, the Los Angeles Kings 20 to 1. Um, there was, um, I, I like that little gif of, um, of Jake Allen knitting or, or what they assumed Jake Allen was doing. Right. Um, yeah. Just sitting, knitting sitting in the knitting. crease. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, uh, the Canadians had a two nothing lead going into the second period, but, um, yeah, uh, they, they looked terrific. Um, but after that, um, in the second period, there was an unfortunate penalty, Ben Sherratt. Ben Sherratt's been playing pretty well, but mm-hmm. uh, a puck over the glass penalty. And um, Vegas, though, they, haven't, they hadn't scored since uh, the playoffs uh, on the power, oh, the power play. play yeah. uh, they had been 0 for 19 uh, this season on the power play, power play struggling. And that's because... They have so many uh, Max Pacioretty and and Stone and uh, so many uh, uh, Carlson, so many players out of the lineup. 
Um, they've been really struggling on uh, the power play. However, 11 seconds into their power play, uh, Alex Petrangelo um, beat Jake Allen, and um, and it was a, a tighter game. Mm-hmm. Um, we know the Canadians have had issues on the uh, on the penalty kill, um, but that just seemed to um, give confidence to to. Uh, 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 Vegas Golden Knights and and the Canadians just collapsed after that. Um, very fragile team uh, and uh, uh, Vegas went on to score five um, five consecutive goals. Oops, five unanswered goals. And um, of note, uh, the offseason acquisition of Christian Dvorak. You know, he was supposed to be there to replace uh, Phil Deneau. And, um, and, and his build is being strong, uh, um, defensively and, and could chip in on the offense, but he was on the ice for all five of Los, of, um, Vegas's goals. So, uh, tough night for him. Um, not a great night for Jake Allen, uh, and not a great night for, for the Canadians. And, and it was just, you know, finding ways to lose. And this was a real, this was a tough, tough one because, of how good they had looked in uh, the first period, mm-hmm. um, which brought them into uh, Tuesday night against the, the the Kings. The Kings had been on a bit of a winning streak, but you know, not one of the top players, uh, top teams in the league. No, um, and um, yeah, uh, it, again, it was kind of uh, following the pattern of uh, Saturday's game. They had a really strong uh, first period. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, and, and let down after that, um, uh, it was, it was, uh, a night where the Canadians third line, uh, led by Jake Evans or Terry Lekkinen, Yol Armia were the, the strongest line by far. They did a great job. Great. Yeah. yeah, they have, uh, consistently through the season. They did a good job of shutting down. Anze Kopitar, uh, the Kings' top line. Jake Evans um, had a spectacular goal. Jake Evans had a uh, earlier in in the night. He he almost uh, had uh, a pretty spectacular goal on that, but his highlight reel goal was a thing of beauty. Um, and and um, but it was um, you know I, I, it was bad goaltending for sure. Two pretty soft goals by. Um, uh, Jake Allen and particularly the, uh, the, the one six seconds into the third period, that, that one was a killer by Alex Iafallo. Um, and, uh, the Canadians made it to, uh, overtime. And that was, uh, uh, because of, of Jake Allen, uh, Jake Evans's, uh, spectacular goal. So they got a point. So they got a point. Woo. <laughs> well, it's that's tough. That's, that's tough, you know that 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 the Canadians the 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 bar is lowered mm. uh, to be celebrating uh, getting a point or or taking the game to uh, overtime. And unfortunately, unfortunately, it was uh, Jake Evans who had had such a great game who was uh, beaten um, in overtime, and uh, Adrian Kempe and and. Uh, so another uh, kind of heartbreaking loss for Canadians and, Can- and the Canadians fans. It really was. Uh, leaves the Canadians now with a regular season record, of course, of three ten and one. Um, it's getting a little dire. 
three wins in in 14 games. Um, they've got a 1.6, 1. 1.4% chance of making the playoffs. They're not making the playoffs. No. This um, this season, so the you know there it, there are ways of salvaging the season, mm-hmm. um, and there are ways of changing the focus to make sure that you're building for future years, and that would be focusing on um, on the younger players, the youth, the the future core of of uh, the team, and uh, we want to see some adjustments made. We'd like yeah. to see uh, the 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 philosophy, the focus change. Uh, so that this can still be a good season for the Montreal Canadiens and their fans. We'll see. They have a big road trip ahead of them this week. We're going to talk about that in in a little later in the show. Um, with you know the the schedule doesn't get easier <laughs> for the Canadians going forward, um, and uh, they're going to have to find some solutions pretty quickly. I think they're getting they're they're. They're having to be creative coming up with ways to say the exact same thing in post-game media availabilities. Uh, and I think that's starting to run out a little bit. Um, as far as roster news goes, um, the only, as far as as um, long-term folks, um, Joel Edmondson seems to have maybe started skating on his own a bit. Um, you know, we know that he was out with an injury, then needed to take uh, some time to go be with his father. Uh, but now is back and skating, but we still have no idea if uh, when he's going to be ready uh, to rejoin the team for practice. Um, speaking of practice. Yeah, I was just going to say that oh, there's been uh, um, you know, reports that his injury, somewhat similar to uh, Mike Hoffman's, uh, talk about his, his it being a, a back injury. There, there's been nothing at all confirmed by the Montreal Canadiens other than that he has good days and bad days and things aren't progressing um, as they had hoped. The treatment options may start to change. They may try to to offer different things to see if they can get better progress, but um, uh, not doesn't appear to be close to returning. Not good news. We'll have to keep an eye on that. Um, but in terms of uh, practice from today, four players missed practice uh, earlier today on Wednesday. Um, Jonathan Duran, uh, had, did not play Tuesday night, um, and has, has not been practicing. I believe Ducharme said something that he's uh, to the effect of he's experiencing headaches. Um, so who knows? That's a big question mark on as to when he's going to feel well enough, uh, to, to begin practicing or, or enter a game again. Um, Christian Dvorak uh, and Cedric Paquette also missed practice uh, on Wednesday, as did Josh Anderson. Here's the thing about the Josh Anderson missing practice. He didn't take the morning skate yesterday because they said he had a non-COVID-related illness. He played in the game, and, and that was he was going to be a game-time decision last night. So he played in the game on Tuesday night, but then misses practice again on Wednesday and they say it's because of a non-COVID related illness. Well, if he's sick enough <laughs> to miss a game day skate and a the next day practice, I'd love to know why he's playing, but I guess that's a question for... And, and you wonder what kind of a illness, if it's a virus and, and is well, yeah, it wise like, for him to be around yeah. the team? But but um, yeah, that's, that's uh, a little head-scratching. Uh, with Cedric Paquette, he left uh, Tuesday night's game 
um, in the second period, I believe. I think um, so, yeah. Yeah, he, um, he's dealing with some sort of injury. Dvorak, as you said, uh, played, didn't practice a therapy day. Um, he's just, uh, as uh, Dom Ducharme likes to say, just a little banged up. Mm. Really? I think his uh, plus minus stats are a little banged up. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> uh, worst, worst in the National Hockey League for mm-hmm. forwards. Yeah, that's a well, that's a, that's a conversation for another day. Um, other roster news: Matthias Norlander, currently down in Laval on a conditioning stint, played in both games over the weekend. Um, he will play with Laval uh, at home on Wednesday night as they host the Belleville Senators. And then Dom Ducharme has said on more than one occasion this week that immediately following the game again, uh, the game in Laval uh, on Wednesday night, that Matthias Norlander will be recalled back to the Montreal Canadiens uh, to end his conditioning stint. So uh, it doesn't mean that he's getting into a game right away. Uh, it just means that they feel his he's he's done what. They needed him to do uh, to play a few games, and then I imagine that he'll be at least rejoining the team for practices, and we'll see how long it takes before maybe he gets into the lineup. Uh, so that would be Calgary, uh, the Calgary game uh, in Montreal on Thursday. No guarantee that uh, he will be in that game, but we can. I think it's safe to assume that he'll probably head out on the the road trip mm-hmm. uh, when the Canadians visit Detroit, Boston, and uh, New York City. That's right. So we'll keep an eye on that. Of course, the big roster news for the week uh, would be Carey Price uh, ending his time in the player assistance program, uh, returned to the Canadians. Um, Early this week, uh, met with team doctors, uh, reportedly also uh, had a chat with uh, with the players in the dressing room on Tuesday morning. Um, and, you know, the, the general Dominic Ducharme, of course, last week said, listen, you know, uh, coming out of the player assistance program, it's it's pretty clear the protocols are are in place that a player is is not going to be thrust into the spotlight and and made available for the media right away. Um, there's a transitioning period. There's there's still work that he needs to do, not just physically but but in other areas, uh, and then he won't be made available to the media until physicians. Um, and I imagine that means all different types of physicians deem him. Uh, ready to return to that kind of role in front of the microphone, um, but it didn't. Um, it didn't keep Carey Price from making a statement anyway. Uh, on his social media accounts, he put out a statement in both English and French um, on Tuesday, and um, you know he didn't need to do this, but I think I think he understood probably from the outpouring of support that a lot of fans are concerned about him. Um, obviously, there's been plenty of media speculation, so maybe he wanted to set the record straight. But I think it's Carey Price is just, um, you know, he's an, he's an honest guy. Um, and I think he just wanted to come out and say something from in his own voice, from his own heart, while still asking people to respect his privacy. He says, quote, Over the last few years, I've let myself get to a very dark place, and I didn't have the tools to cope with that struggle. Last month, I made the decision to enter a residential treatment facility for substance use. 
Things had reached a point that I realized I needed to prioritize my health for both myself and for my family. Asking for help when you need it is what we encourage our kids to do, and it was what I needed to do. I am working through years of neglecting my own mental health, which will take some time to repair. All I can do is take it day by day. With that comes some uncertainty with when I will return to play. I appreciate all of the overwhelming support and well wishes. I please ask that the media and our hockey community continue to respect our privacy at this time. Your support and respect of this so far has been a critical piece to my recovery. End quote. Um, and Rick, I was I was really moved by this statement for a number of different reasons. Um, it's a courageous thing for for Carrie Price to come out and and admit that um, whatever the substance is, and we don't know, and we're not going to speculate, but that uh, substance abuse has has apparently quietly been an issue for him. Uh, it takes uh, it takes a lot of courage as a public figure like Carrie Price to admit that uh, that he selected to go to a residential um, treatment facility, which meant that he was away from his family for a month, which is, a you know, Carrie Price is a family man, uh, first and foremost. And so that would have been a big deal for him to make that decision. But also just to talk about, um, you know, that this this issue has taken years of 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 it building up and it's not just going to go away with a snap of a finger in a 30 day treatment plan. Um, and so that means that it's going to take more time and, and to not, you know, he's, he didn't directly ask, don't put a lot of expectations on me for when I'm coming back, but he, in his own way said, so, you know, it might still take a while. And, and your respect of my privacy so far has, has been critical in helping me to heal. So I really, I really admire Carrie Price for, the way he worded this um, and and the things that he had to say in it. It's, uh, again, uh, we've talked about leadership all uh, this season and the fact that there's been a lack of leadership with respect to the Montreal Canadiens. Um, this is the, what Carey Price did uh, is exhibiting uh, really fine leadership. Uh, he knew that... Uh, uh, that the the organization uh, would be you know getting bombarded with uh, requests and uh, rather than rather than duck the media and and um, you know cause a lot of special uh, speculation and stir and and that sort of thing he proactively released this statement and in the statement he he touched all the bases he he described um, what had happened and how it happened Um and uh, the, the, the years of, of neglecting his mental health. He talked about how he coped um, and the, the substance abuse being his coping mechanism through that time, um, described how he got treatment um, and, and uh, outlined what's ahead for him, uh, at least in a, in a general way, because we, we remember he's... Um, He's not only dealing with uh, this uh, mental health issue, uh, but he's recovering from knee surgery. Mm-hmm. And uh, in this treatment facility, um, you know, they Dominic Ducharme said that Carey Price kept active, and and we we should mention too that there was no contact between the team and Carey Price during those thirty days. Um, uh, so they didn't know until he arrived in in Brassard 
um, you know, how his, his uh, conditioning would be or how active he had been. Uh, and they said he, you know, in a, in a residential situation, he did his best to keep active, but it's not the kind of equipment that they have with the Montreal Canadiens or um, those kinds of things. So it's going to take some time for him to get back into uh, playing shape. It's going to take time for him to continue rehabbing his knee. Mm-hmm. And it's going to take uh, time for him to get into the right headspace, uh, the mental space, uh, to be able to to go forward with this. Um, so it's uh, f- uh, fans and and media uh, have to be um, real patient on this. I th- it's it's you know there was speculation. Oh, maybe he'll need a couple of weeks. It it might take uh, a fair bit longer than that to get him before before we see him in a game. And hopefully everyone has the understanding that it would be absolutely um, not just unrealistic, but inappropriate to put any kind of expectations on Carey Price to get back uh, into condition to help, you know, salvage the Canadian season. That's not Carey Price's job. Um, and, and he needs, he obviously needs to take care of himself first um, and whatever length of time it takes for him to do that is is what's appropriate for Carey Price. Um, you know, it's it's uh, it's good to see that he felt that just the thirty days at the treatment center uh, was sufficient, and that he's obviously taking his next steps. So that's an encouraging thing, and and we're happy for Carey Price to see that um, because he is an integral part of the team. You know, you could see. Rick, even in media availabilities uh, yesterday, the guys were all asked, you know, what did it mean to to see and hear from Carey Price this morning? And and every single one of them was basically, you know, kind of the same of you put the hockey aside and I'm just we're happy to see our friend. We're happy to see our teammate. We're happy to see that he's OK um, and that he's doing better and, and to hear from him. And, and um, you know, it's just he means a lot to the guys in that dressing room. He does, um, and and uh, Shea Weber has a presence presence on the ice and and uh, in the locker room. Uh, you know, part of it is a function of his um, his size, and and uh, we heard Barry Trotz talk about the the look in his <laughs> the eye stare. kind of thing. But Carey Price brings his own presence again, both yeah. on the ice and and in the dressing room, and um, everybody just talked about how it how it felt to have him around. And see him again, and and uh, and what kind of calm it brought to to them uh, to know he was okay. And um, it, it was interesting because earlier, uh, as last week, there was a, a story um, from TV Osborne. They it caused a bit of a stir because they interviewed uh, Michael Froelich. Mm-hmm. Uh, Michael Froelich uh, spent uh, most of last season on the taxi squad and, um, and wasn't happy about it and, Mm -hmm. and said so. And uh, in so many words said that it had, um, it had ruined his NHL career. Um, But I think what was missed in, in that interview is the words that um, Michael Froelich had about Shea Weber. uh, But um, Michael Froelich was asked, What's your feeling about you? You seem to have a you know a negative feeling about the Montreal Canadiens. What's your feeling about your teammates? And he said it was all positive. And he and he was then asked, 
which teammate impacted you most? And we should say that um, we we remember uh, the all the interviews last year that uh, especially the younger players um, and players who who spent time on the taxi squad, um, they all referenced. Michael Froelich as being yeah. um, uh, uh, the consummate professional and and encouraging and uh, helping them get through uh, their days and the practices and and all of that. He was very energetic during the the the, the drills and um, so when he was asked when Froelich was asked who has had the most impact on uh, you or when you were with the Canadians, he uh, didn't hesitate and said it was Carey Price. Um, Carey Price, to quote, Carey Price is number one, obviously. What he accomplished in the playoffs was just amazing. We knew no matter how tough the situation was, Pricer was going to stop and get us out of the embarrassment. (laughs) The embarrassment (laughs) of some games being, um, you know, out of hand when it came to shots or possession Mm -hmm. time. Uh, he went on to say it was it was a very good feeling and comforting feeling. In fact, I have never seen such a performance in my life with by a goaltender. Um, he's had a pretty long career and played with some very good goaltenders. So that's that's big uh, praise there. He said it was um, Kerry was in a rather special zone, so calm and just so so calm. Um, so you can imagine that um, if. If it meant so much to Michael Froelich, not in the lineup on the taxi squad for the most part, uh, that that Price, um, his his presence uh, throughout that playoff run uh, was crucial. His performance was um, otherworldly. Um, and uh, how he was able to do that, and yet uh, having his own battles, his own uh, having to cope both mentally and with uh, with more than one physical ailment, uh, it just makes that performance that much more remarkable. It really does, uh, and 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 yes, I agree. Just just tremendous words for Michael for a league. You know, it's um, I th- I think you'd be hard pressed to find a a player who's even ha- had the briefest association with Carey Price who would not have glowing remarks uh, for who he is. Both, of course, as a as a goaltender, but also just the person that he is uh, and and the character that he displays off the ice. So our best wishes to Carey Price. We wish him a speedy recovery, but at whatever pace works best for him. We're going to switch gears now and bring you a quick Habs prospect report. This edition of the Rocket Report is brought to you by AHL.Report. Your premier source for the Laval Rocket, the AHL affiliate of the Montreal Canadiens. AHL.Report is a proud member of the Rocket Sports Media Network. The Laval Rocket, of course, uh, just coming off a two-game road trip at the end of uh, the week. Last week, uh, we had... uh, Sure, I, kn- I know that you had mentioned on the show on Saturday that, of course, Cole Caulfield uh, had been sent down at the beginning of last week, caused a big stir, of course. Um, in addition to that, uh, Matthias Nordlander, as we mentioned already, uh, down on a conditioning stint. So they practiced with the Rocket all week last week and then traveled with them uh, to play a game in Syracuse and in Utica against the Crunch and the Comets, uh, uh, respectively. Um 
And, uh, well, you know, uh, Laval's having some struggles of their own. <laughs> um, they are now currently on a four-game losing skid. A um, little bit of a slump there for the Rocket. Uh, they actually got shut out 4 to nothing uh, in Syracuse on Saturday night and then turned around and lost to Utica 4-2 to on Sunday. Uh, so as I said, a four-game uh, losing streak right now for the for the Rocket. Um, we actually talked about these two games quite in depth. Uh, Rick and I did on our sister podcast, The Press Zone, uh, which is over on the AHL Report, and it just came out yesterday. So if you'd like to hear all of the details and about how Cole Caulfield and Matthias Norlander looked in those two games, I invite you to just head over to thepresszone.fm and uh, click on that very first episode at the top of the page, and you'll get to hear all of the updates on uh, the ins and outs of those two games this weekend. Um, Now, however, the Rocket is back home for a three-game homestand. They will be hosting the Belleville Senators, their division rival, uh, tonight, Wednesday. And, of course, Caulfield and Norlander are slated to be in that game. I did see that the Laval's really pushing the Cole Caulfield presence to sell tickets, uh, putting out a a promotion today that it's Cole Caulfield week uh, and that any of the three games that they play this week, Wednesday, Friday, or Saturday, uh, in the AHL, Cole Caulfield wears number 44. And so they are doing a promotion of two tickets for $44 uh, in honor of Cole Caulfield for any of the three games this week, calling it Cole Caulfield week. So it sounds like they're anticipating he's going to be down for the whole week. Um, But expect Place Bell to be packed tonight as they host the Belleville Senators and then... um, the Bridgeport Islanders and uh, Utica Comets come into town for Friday and Saturday. Uh, we will have, of course, comprehensive recaps uh, of all of those games at ahlreport.com. Uh, my uh, friend and colleague Chris G., of course, will be at Place Bell for each of those games, providing some coverage and uh, conducting post-game interviews. So be sure you head over to ahlreport.com. Check out the recaps, listen to the latest episode of the Press Zone for all of the details about last weekend's uh, games. Um, And you'll also find uh, a new uh, column called AHL Weekly that just came out yesterday. Uh, Keeps you up to date every week uh, on all of the latest um, news about the Laval Rocket and, and news all across the AHL. So be sure you check that out. So the game, um, the Belleville Senators versus the Laval Rocket uh, are the two, they have almost identical records. Um, The difference is that uh, Laval is on a bit of a losing skid while Belleville's on a winning uh, note and Mm -hmm. uh, winning streak. But the two um, teams who are uh, at the bottom of the North Division, the team at the very top of the North Division in the AHL is the Utica Comets. And um, they are, in fact, uh, the the number one team in the AHL. Um, they have an unblemished record. Um, and they've gone through a bit of a transformation, uh, transforming from uh, the Vancouver Canucks organization uh, to the New Jersey Devils. And they've had a uh, uh, they've changed their colors. They've changed their mascot. Um, creepy as anything well he's gone from from being a very friendly alien to uh to a devil um 
and they've also, tr- you know, they're they're in the, the midst of changing their image a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and all <laughs> of that as background to uh, what happened that caught the attention uh, of Montreal Canadiens fans. And it was because, listen, um, the, the Cole Caulfield is is uh, is a is a big name is is a. a, a attracts attention is a dynamic player um and so the montreal canadians as you said or the sorry the laval rocket are using the montreal canadians player in their promotion and and using them in in tweets and and uh making a big deal about him so um utica comets thought well you know what's good for one's good for the other and and our our bad boy devil image uh, we'll just make a little tweet about uh, Cole Caulfield saying, um, "Where is he anyway? We haven't we haven't seen him in this game." Yeah. Uh, well, and and they're they're known to be snarky. They're like the snarky. Yes. Social media for sure. You know they they take that route. It's just, there are those teams in the NHL who are uh, are along a similar bit. That's so, their stick. Yeah. Um, it upset many Canadians fans. Um, well, because they tagged Cole Caulfield. I see. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, there's simple uh, simple solution. I, I'm. I'm maybe of a different mind here, but I don't. I don't think um, current players players have any business being on social media, um, and it it would be, a lot of their issues would would be solved. Um, they shouldn't pay attention to it. They shouldn't pay attention to what fans are saying. They shouldn't pay attention to what their other teams are saying. And the parents of players uh, shouldn't be paying attention to what other marketing people are trying to do with respect to their image it's all part and parcel for pro sports i mean it is it is what it is um and it was it was okay so they tagged him which everybody got all up in arms about because they tagged him and oh you shouldn't do that and well if if Cole Caulfield's coaches and agents and family haven't pounded it into his head yet to just tune out the noise on social media here's a great lesson in doing that um and and they said you know yo cole caulfield where have you been we heard you're here but we haven't seen you at all in the first period did you even play i mean it's it's a chirp it's a it's a chirp i mean i guarantee you he hears worse on the ice (laughs) for sure um and so of course everyone and, and to be fair, um, he hasn't he hasn't been lighting it up. He hasn't no. been been uh, he hasn't scored yet. Um, he has an assist in uh, two games. He has uh, six shots on goal. Uh, he hasn't been uh, dominant. Um, not yet. Not yet. No. Um, he's he's been rather quiet. So it was a a fun little tweet. It was a chirp. That's all it was. Um, everyone got a real up in arms about it, which is exactly what the tweet was intended to do. Um, again, you know, that's just, that's the job of the social media folks is to cause reactions both from their own fans and from opposition fans. And so they succeeded in doing that. Well, Cole Caulfield's father happened to see, um, this particular tweet and allegedly, complained to the league about it that his son was being bullied by another professional hockey team 
And I just have to say, come on, Mr. Caulfield. That First of all, um, let's not demean and diminish individuals who have actually been victims of bullying, either in real life or cyberbullying online, because a chirp is not bullying. Um, and really, like, my first reaction to that is, do you not think that he's now going to this is like this is like when you're in elementary school and 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 the bully is picking on you or some kid is picking on you and your mom goes and says something to the kid's parents. And now it's just going to be worse for you at school. Um, it just it didn't need to go. It didn't need to go that far. In fact, the Utica Comets got so much flack about it. They deleted the tweet during the game and then sent out another tweet and said, like, guys, Twas a joke. We all know that Cole Caulfield is a pretty elite player. It was a joke. Um, I just, I guess the motto in the world today is no one has a sense of humor anymore. <laughs> so um, the AHL was not happy uh, and they let Utica know they weren't happy. Um, you know, there's an acknowledgement that this kind of stuff goes on at the NHL level all the time. Uh, this was pretty mild in comparison, um, but it it's not something that the AHL is is willing to entertain, and that's fine. They they have their rules and mm-hmm. and uh, can and um, if if the individual franchises ask the the league to govern in that way, then then, then so be it. Um, yeah, I, I don't I don't necessarily know the the background, Mister of uh, Mister Caulfield, but. Um, I know my background in education. I've, I've dealt with uh, uh, bullying a lot. I've, I've run seminars on bullying and what happened had nothing to do with bullying. Um, and as you said, it kind of diminishes um, the impact of bullying on, on real victims. Um, this, this was, uh, this, that, that was a, a bad character, characterization, a bad use of, of words. Um, and, uh, I, I would hope that, uh, that he's learned something and any feedback that he's gotten. I've hope he, that he's, I understand a parent wanting to be protective, sure. uh, but your, your son's not in, um, you know, in college hockey anymore. He's in the national hockey league and, um, and currently the American hockey league and <laughs> right. But, but, uh, he's a pro yeah. and it's time for, um, for parents to take a little bit of a step back and, and, uh, um, and, and understand that, uh, the words that they use and the language that they use, uh, has meaning and will be scrutinized and, and, uh, they should be careful in that respect. So don't forget the Utica comments are coming to town to play at Place Bell on Saturday. So we'll see if Cole Caulfield exacts his revenge then. And that's how it should work, right? <laughs> yes. Our, our, our friend Patrick Williams said something very similar, like, you know, go put some, go put some pucks in the back of their net and then that'll shut them up. <laughs> um, all right. So again, head over to the AHL report, check out all of the coverage over there. Uh, we'll have it all for you, uh, both myself and Chris G uh, all week this week. Uh, Rick, let's talk a little bit about attendance. Um, the numbers so far in the NHL, you know, there's been a lot of nights even watching Habs games that it's like, I see empty seats. Much, I feel mm-hmm. like more often than we usually do. And granted, it's not like the Canadians are 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 
doing anything to get really excited about to bring fans out. But it's not like we're in the middle of winter where, I mean, there's it. it, Yes, it's getting cold. Yes, there's snow showers that are starting to happen in Montreal and that kind of thing. But it's not like it's the dead of winter that it's such a trek and terrible to come out to to for even a a weekday game. Um, This seems to be a trend, though, that's happening league wide. It is. Um, we look look around the league, and uh, the the leader in attendance um, for the last eleven years has been the Chicago Blackhawks. They've led the league in attendance for eleven years, and they had a thirteen year consecutive sellout streak end at five hundred and thirty five games. Um, that was that was uh, near the beginning of the season. Um, it's a, that would, that, that's a record. Um, and, and attendance is down, uh, all over. You, you think of, uh, the Canadians were in Buffalo and it, it was pretty sad looking in Buffalo. Buffalo's had six home games. They're averaging 7,800, uh, fans. Um, and that, you know, in all of these cases, it's announced, uh, attendance that's tickets sold. Uh, that isn't, that isn't uh, warm bodies in the seats, because Mm-mm. and those are two different things, obviously. Uh, right now, the top three teams in attendance, the Canadians are actually the top team in attendance this season. Tampa Bay next, the Leafs in third. Uh, Washington and Vancouver round out the top five, then Chicago. Um, so attendance is down, and the Canadians are... Um, operating at about 91% capacity, at least in terms of, of tickets sold. Uh, that is low. Uh, it sounds high, but that is quite low mm-hmm. for uh, the Montreal Canadiens, um, who are typically around um, uh, 100% capacity, the 21,000 uh, number. Um, so it's it's a concern because... Uh, uh, Depending on the franchise, depending on on which franchise you look at, uh, ticket revenue accounts for about thirty to fifty percent of the overall revenue of the team. And and when the uh, the split happens, all of the hockey related uh, revenue uh, it's split fifty fifty between uh, the teams and the players. Of course, that affects the escrow and all of that, and and we know that the um, that the that the players are 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 billions of dollars behind <laughs> um, in in um, in coming to a uh, making that that ledger uh, sheet worked. Mm-hmm. Um, so all of those things, uh, the, the ticket sales are tough, um, and you would think that. Um, you know, there's there's usually at the start of the season, um, there's ice ads saying thank you fans, thank you for coming back. Many many of the uh, the um, franchises are doing just that, uh, putting out ads uh, um, and uh, campaigns thanking the fans, um, you know, for sticking with them, for coming back, for returning, for showing up in the stands. Uh, they're going out of their way. Uh, to uh, pamper their fans, particularly uh, season ticket holders, because that's a that's a huge outlay of money, uh, no matter the franchise, but but especially with the Montreal Canadiens, um, for uh, you know uh, fans are 
naturally reluctant to to uh, return to uh, be amongst a big crowd um, with us, uh, all of us, the world still in the grips of a pandemic, and of course the um, things like the Delta virus that that don't seem to uh, respect a vaccination status and those kinds of things. So um, all of that, all of this background is uh, kind of to set up how the Montreal Canadiens uh, seem to act differently than other franchises. When other franchises are going out of their way for their fans and season ticket holders, the Canadians are going in the completely the opposite direction. Well, it was a story that came out. Uh, Arpin Basu had it um, at The Athletic, and, and he even had in there full disclosure that um, this this season ticket holder's son uh, was Arpin's best man at his wedding. So he knows the family. Um, he They didn't solicit him to tell this story. It's just that he knows the family and had heard this story and said, I, I need to tell this story. Um, and it's just, it's a really troubling thing to me. Uh, there's there's a gentleman in Montreal who um, many, many years ago, I think it was in the late 90s or the late 80s. 1972. Okay, maybe it was the early 70s. <laughs> I was getting close. 50, it's been 49 years. Okay, in the early 70s, purchased a friend of his a friend of his had season tickets and he this man took over his friend's season tickets uh bought them from him and and has been a loyal season ticket holder of these seats ever since he is the, making him the only the second owner of these seats because these season tickets had been in his friend's family dating all the way back to the days of the Montreal Maroons the 1920s um, yeah, they're, they're, um, that family had them for about 50 years, um, and then passed them on to, um, uh, the Kaufman family. Um, uh, they're named in the, in the article. So, um, and they took them over in, in 72 and they've had them for 50 years. Yeah, so so. <laughs> yeah, two families, same, same season tickets for, for a century, a, for a century, for a century. So Mr. Kaufman, of course, you know, there was the pandemic. Um, there was in preseason, it was looking like there wouldn't be full capacity at the Bell Center. So there were certain options that season ticket holders had as to whether or not they wanted, you know, a smaller package or put their tickets on pause during during the lockdowns and so forth. But now that things went back to full capacity, um, Mr. Kaufman and his family, due to his age, he's in his 70s, um, and he's got grandchildren who um, like to attend with him as well, but they're too young to be vaccinated at this point. Um, So he's not feeling, he's just not at a point that he feels comfortable going back to a full hockey arena. And so he put in a, a request with the Canadians. He said, you know, I'm, I, and I should also mention, 10 years ago, the Canadians honored this man for being such a longtime loyal season ticket holder. With a special night, he got to, uh, uh, he I, he had his picture taken with uh, some alumni. He got a special tour. He got all of the, they honored him. Got jerseys. Uh, yeah. Lots of. Th- all sorts of stuff. Yeah. And, and uh 
noted up on on the jumbotron and um so yeah he was he was honored as one of the canadians um uh, most loyal fans absolutely so he approached them and said listen you know who i am you know how long i've had these tickets you know that i'm only the second owner that these tickets have have been held by two separate owners total over the last 100 years uh, I am not just because of my age and because my grandchildren haven't been vaccinated because they're too young to have the vaccine so far. Um, I'm not comfortable. There's no one in my family who's able or comfortable enough to come to the Bell Center. So is there a way that I could put my season tickets on pause for this year and Re- and and take them up again next year, which of course would give the Canadians the opportunity to just sell those seats to someone else for this season. Uh, and then he would like to, of course, return to his beloved seats next year. Um, and Rick, I have to say that I am completely appalled at what the answer was. Yeah, it's bizarre. Um, and to quote in an email that he received... Unfortunately, unfortunately, there is no possibility to skip the season. The government has deemed it safe to return to full capacity. Therefore, we have confidence that our clients can attend our games safely. I apologize, and that's the person writing the email. There is nothing else I can do. Nothing else. I haven't done anything. Um, uh, It's bizarre. Absolutely bizarre. Uh, because remember, uh, when when the season uh, was beginning, everyone was under the assumption, including the Montreal Canadiens, that they were going to be restricted in attendance, limited to 7,500 uh, people. And on this podcast, we talked about how uh, season ticket holders were uh, contacted and that they were going to have to make special arrangements. Uh, it was something that the Canadians had never done before, um, but uh, but told uh, season ticket holders, "You're not going to get you're not going to get all games, and you're not going to get uh, necessarily the seats you want uh, because of the way we, we're going to distance uh, things." So you have to make a, a, a choice and and come up with a package uh, of a selection of games uh, in seats close to where. Um, your season tickets uh, are. Do we remember all that? Do yes. we remember describing all yes. that? Do we remember all of the the juggling and the hoops that uh, the season ticket holders had to go through? And that and listen, I understand it's it's difficult on the ticket side, on the the marketing side, and uh, trying to make arrangements uh, with with more season ticket holders uh, than they had capacity. At that time, where when it was still restricted, um, so that was that was all had to be rejuggled again uh, to to start the season because the the notice came that they could go to full capacity really quite late mm-hmm. uh, before the first game, and now for them to say that um, it's un, it's impossible for them to make any adjustments whatsoever. That's utter nonsense because obviously uh, they were they were willing to to uh, uh, make adjustments, you know, a month ago or so. Um, it's 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 just bizarre, um, you know. They the athletic asked them for a response. 
they said again, it's their uh, position that it's not possible to do what was what was asked. Um, and and yes, they could have sold those tickets in packages. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, there could have been a, a number of of, uh, of different creative ideas in order to keep a, a, a very loyal fan. And, and uh, they, the Kaufmans wanted it known that it has nothing to do with, they're not bandwagon fans, obviously. They've no. had the tickets for 50 years. It's not like it's because it's a bad season. They're not jumping off because of, of the Canadians' um, uh, and and their record. No, um, it has nothing to do with that. Um, it's just the safety of their family because of age, either older age or younger age, and can't the younger ones can't be vaccinated yet. And the, the Canadians' response, while the government says it's fine, so you should think it's fine too, is is just irresponsible. We know that um, that the government there there's been many different decisions made by different uh, federal and and um, and state and provincial governments on on both sides of the border uh, those have changed and evolved and uh, it's not as if their uh, word has been definitive um, the the line in when as I said uh, the athletic asked for uh, for a response and and they received a long one I won't read all of it but um, one line here that says, the day the government gave us the go, uh, go is capitalized, to open at full capacity, everyone would get their seats back and their presence once again would become obligatory. I got news for you. My presence isn't obligatory anywhere when I am the paying customer. <laughs> I'm sorry, but obligatory? Is Jeff Molson personally going to come to your house if you're not in your seat at the Bell Center and drag you there? Yeah, the, that's it's. Uh, I know that the Canadians, uh, you know, occupy a pretty important place in in Quebec life, but the fact that they can make attendance at their games obligatory uh, for their clients, as they term them, um, is really quite a really quite a reach, really quite a, a an arrogant statement. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was, I was, uh, I was blown away by this whole story. And and uh, so the decision made by uh, the Kaufmans was uh, to give them up. And um, um, Ann Kaufman said, uh, once I heard what their response was. I said, get rid of them. Uh, it, their response really ticked me off. And and why wouldn't it? Absolutely. I mean, how do you t- how do you treat any of your season ticket holders like that? Much less a store. This is a story about a, a set of tickets that has been held by one family and one other family for a hundred years. That is a story for a franchise to tell. You would be proud of that. And for the, uh, forgive me, but for the snot-nosed little customer service person that got back to them and said, I'm sorry, there's nothing else I can do. Yes, there is. You can print out this email. You can call up Jeff Molson himself and you say, Mr. Molson, our policy is typically you know, it, it's been said that this is our policy that we don't put put season tickets on hold um, for any particular reason. But I think you like 
Here's here's a here's a story that I think that we maybe need to make an exception. What do you mean there's nothing you can do? You're the one who can they're your season tickets, Montreal Canadiens. You can do what them with what you wish. It is just it's a cop out. It's a oh well, you know, we just want we want butts in the seats. Um and it's just completely dismissive of the people who actually have paid the bills to keep the lights on in the arena and paid the front office's salaries year after year after year. It is a slap in the face to people like the Kaufman family. And uh, I would, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if they completely just write off the Canadians. It's, it's very, very sad. It's a really, it's a really unfortunate decision on the Canadians part. Very sad. And, and uh, listen, we, we always, um, we're aware we've seen how how um, players in the organization are are treated as disp- as being disposable um, and uh, we've heard both publicly and and privately how the organization treats players as as disposable um, you, you don't ever want to think that uh, the organization would treat fans um, as disposable. Uh, but listen, uh, it was also mentioned in the article that the Canadians have a, a waiting list and they wouldn't comment on how long it it was. So maybe for them, um, you know, this doesn't, uh, the fact that they've held these tickets for 50 years doesn't really mean anything to them because uh, they've got another one uh, set to take their place uh, on that season ticket waiting list. That's that's a sad way to run um, a National Hockey League franchise, particularly the Montreal Canadiens. Um, and um, if if that's the attitude towards this, which it seems that it is. It's very sad. Um, wishing the Kaufmans the best, uh, and I, <laughs> you know, I really hope that, uh, unfortunately, I think we're going we're gonna to start hearing more stories like this, uh, and I think that's a sad state of affairs. If there's nothing that, if there's nothing else that we have learned coming out of this pandemic, it's that perhaps we should have a little more compassion towards people and their individual choices about their individual health or just have more compassion for people in general, maybe be a little understanding. Um, Just very, 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 very sad. Okay. One more thing to wrap up uh, before we wrap up this segment. uh, And that is Dominic Ducharme and his, just put it in lights on the marquee, the Dom Ducharme system, flashing lights. Because it's supposed to be spectacular, right? It's working, right? Tell me it's working. It's not working. Please tell me it's working. Well, listen, we, we, we don't know. It, it's pretty clear that um, who knows what to blame. Blame the system. Blame the execution. We hear the players. We hear the, the, coach, uh, we, we hear the head coach himself talking about uh, the lack of execution of this system. Um, but it appears that it's, it's, um, it's a little bit complicated and, uh, this system obviously makes a lot of sense in the mind of Dom Ducharme, not the best communicator in, in hockey. Um, so it, the, is it the message that's not getting through? Is it difficult? Uh, so he's the, the players aren't able to implement it. How do we know it's different? Well, any players who have come from other teams, uh, they say, gee, I've been to this, I've played for this team, I've played for that team. 
but this system, it's taking me some time to get used to. I'm, uh, this, is, this is really quite different from anything that uh, I've, ever, I've ever had to execute before. So um, it, 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 it is a bit complicated. Um, and I think that, um, well, I, I'm just going to play this by Nick Suzuki. And, and uh, uh, this is, this is a, a comment from him uh, um, after Saturday's game. I think we kind of went through that um, last year when uh, Dom took over, uh, but it kind of worked out for us. So um, I know the way we can play. Uh, I believe in all the guys um, to get out of this. And uh, we outshot them by a ton and um, goalie made some good saves and could have been a different game. So, so um first anybody that talks about the system and, and they all talk about we got some real good guys we're all a tight group we're all really close said that last year are saying that again this year um but nobody says you're not a tight group of people guys <laughs> no so it's not it's not necessarily a lack of chemistry no. or or uh, disgruntled uh, players um, but it's this system and, and Nick Suzuki said, you know, we went through a bit of a funk, um, like we are now, uh, when, uh, when, uh, Dom took over, uh, in February, uh, last year, um, February 24th. And he tried to implement a system, uh, the new system, uh, slowly at that point, because mm-hmm. there was very, the, the, the schedule was very compact and he had limited time to, um, uh, to, to incorporate different things into it. Um, that isn't the case this year, a full training camp, uh, lots of the, the schedules, obviously more spread out, lots of practice time. Um, he's, he's been, uh, he implemented his, his full system and yet the players are still having difficulty. Um, now Nick Suzuki said, well, it, that, the, it worked out for us last year. Uh, yeah, I guess, yes, but sorta. but was it due to the system? We we remember that uh, the Can- the Canadians limped. They they backed into the playoffs. Um, and if it had been this year, they wouldn't have made the playoffs. It was if no, it had been a normal season, they would have not made it. No, they they were 18th in the National Hockey League last season, and because of the divisions, the COVID divisions, uh, they got a playoff berth. Would not have happened uh, this year. But the point is, they they didn't uh, they didn't suddenly incorporate this system and make a drive uh, a real playoff push. No. Uh, uh, a real surge in their play because of the system. And even once in the playoffs, um, it wasn't like they were dominated. They were being dominated and it was Carey Price. Carey Price, um, yeah. You know, they were down uh, 3-1, as we all know. And, and uh, you know, we've talked about before the being outshot in, in the overtime game by the Leafs, 13-1. It was, it was not that the system was... Um, you know, the, 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 the end all and be all it, it was, it was Carrie Price who carried them through. Um, so, uh, you know, what is this system? What, 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 what is so different about it? And, and Dom Descharmes says in his mind, it's quite revolutionary because, because of the makeup of the Canadians where they don't have superstar type players. Um, he wants all the entire, uh, Four lines, he wants a balanced attack. He wants to be able to roll four lines. 
Um, he wants uh, to be high paced, high intensity, um, and all lines um, uh, working together and 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 working in a five man unit. Um, so everybody has to be on the same page and thinking the same way. There has to be the same sort of expectations. So the system has two kind of tenets to it. The first is to create mismatches all over the ice. So they want uh, two Canadians for every opposition player in every zone. Well, the teams, mm. uh, the teams ice the same number of players, so that's going to leave you exposed somewhere. So that pressure, that intensity, uh, it's not read and react like we saw, you know, Michelle Terrian or whatever his system. This is a pressure uh, that's going to that's going to create uh, maybe opportunities for turnovers, but it's also going to create weak spots. Uh, so this system has to be successful. If you're pressuring, you have to make sure to turn it over because if you don't, if the opposition gets it passed, then there's a mismatch for the mm-hmm. opposition on the other side of it. Um, but he, to quote him, he said that he wants his players being more assertive um, and, and, um, and making sure that they're pressuring uh, he said, it's a system of proximity, of pressure. Uh, we want to take away time and space and create turnovers. Um, so that's the first aspect of this. The next aspect of it is that when the Canadians have the puck, when they create these turnovers, they want to have set plays. They want to be like a, a football team with a playbook that we can run. Once we have it, once we've created the turnover, we want to run uh, this play in the neutral zone. We want to run this player in our own zen- zone. We want to run this play. So all kinds of set plays um, ready to go. And that depending on the situation, the puck carrier has different options. So there are, there are uh, the football analogy again, there are formations and from that formations, you from that formation, you can run several options out of that. But everybody's got to know uh, what that option is. In football, it's easy because you meet, you have a huddle, you stop, you you get together and say, "This is what we're going to do." On the ice, it means that the players, all of them, all five of them, have to read the play exactly the same way and know that they're choosing option A, B, C, or D. Um, they have to just know that by reading. And then to add another wrinkle. <laughs> You're not that, done yet. That, that those options change game to game. Uh, th- I should say that the options don't necessarily change the priority in using the options because uh, the coaching staff will do the pre-scouting of the opposition and say, okay, so with this team... We're more likely to be successful uh, in our own zone with a breakout with options uh, C, G, and I, um, and and so on, all over the ice. Oy. It's complicated. And what we've seen is that uh, either the Canadians look confused, they look disjointed, they look like they don't know um, they don't know, you know, we've seen the comments on Twitter. Did they forget how to play hockey? Uh, did they forget yeah. how to pass? Did they forget how, you know, the, the, their breakouts, did they forget? 
at the other the other side of it is that they become entirely too predictable. Mm-hmm. Saw it against Carolina. Um, that uh, it seemed that the opposition knew what the puck carrier was going to do before the Canadians' teammates knew what they were going to do. So um, all of this is complicated, very complicated. Um, And we've heard, particularly with respect to Nick Suzuki, and Nick Suzuki is a big part of this because he's the number one center, um, Dominic Ducharme say, you know, um, Nick Suzuki is a cerebral pl- player, but he's thinking too much out there. He's, well, your he, system makes it that way. <laughs> exactly. Um, so this is a system where you have to think to read the option, algorithms. To, de- to, to decide the option, but you can't think too much because we need you to, uh, because that takes too long, right? Right. Uh, the processing time takes too long. Hockey's a quick game. Uh, you got to know instantly what option you're going to choose. So he wants a, a system that's going to think, but not think too much. And I think that explains, now, now listen, there are players who are having um, a dreadful starts to, to the to, to the year. David Jeff, Savard. <laughs> David Savard, uh, Christian Dvorak, Jeff Petrie, Jake Allen, um, the list goes on. But maybe some of that can be explained by... All of this, trying to um, interpret this system on the fly, and and maybe we haven't seen this system in the National Hockey League before because because it doesn't work. Maybe not. <laughs> remember, like, remember, Guy Boucher thought he had figured out oh, the NHL. Yeah, yeah, that didn't go. That didn't work. That out didn't so work well. out well at all. No, I, you know, I don't want to say hockey's a simple game because it's 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 not, but you can't. You can't reinvent the wheel and expect players to just be able to adapt to it like that um, when they've been literally trained with muscle memory to do something completely different their entire lives. Um, At some point, you just have to let them play hockey and let them do what they do best and not overcomplicate things. Um, Yeah, it's it's bizarre. And I I can't imagine how frustrating it must be for... um, for the players, I mean, no, David Savard has looked horrendous to start the season. But we do recall the first couple of weeks, he said quite often uh, when he was admittedly disappointed in his own performances in the preseason and early in the regular season, um, saying that he needs to get better, but also saying many times, uh, it's taking me a while to adjust to this system. Mm-hmm. Um, Mike Hoffman said the same. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so, you know. There's only so much you can do in practice. I mean, actually, we have a, an audio clip from Jake Evans um, talking about that, you know, it's not like they're not trying and it's not like they're not putting in the effort uh, even on non-game days. And, I mean, Jake, uh, bless him, he's 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 got that optimistic, positive, we're going to get there attitude. But, um, you know, the frustrations have to be setting in. Take a, Take a listen to Jake Evans here. I've been saying it a lot. We work so hard in practice. We work so hard in games. We're a tight team, and um, you know everyone would take a bullet for each other. So um, we just got to get back to it. And um, I, I do really think we're growing, and we're getting better as a team, and we're fixing our problems. And you know I think it's it's only going to go up from here. 
it's only going to go up from here. But he didn't say that all that enthusiastically. No, <laughs> no he didn't. Um, so number one, he talked again about the the brotherhood, the the the, the tight knit team. About we take a bullet for each other. How close they are, but then said we're working so hard in in practice, um, and yet and working so hard in the game. So it's not necessarily work ethic. It's just this. Uh, this mesh between the 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 players that that Mark Bergevin has brought in, and the system that the coach uh, that that Mark Bergevin has brought in are are not connecting. They're not. This is not working, and you can hear the frustration from Jake Evans, a, a very uh, positive player, uh, positive attitude, uh, is saying, uh, you know, we're working. It's we're working really hard, but we just. We're not getting it. We're not getting it done. It's It's got to be frustrating. And at some point, if they're working that hard in practice, and I believe Jake Evans, there's no reason not to believe him. If they are working that hard in practice to try to perfect and understand and execute this this system that Ducharme has, has invented, um, and they're still not able to put it together out on the ice after 14 regular season games, then maybe it's time to reevaluate the system, Dom. I mean, we we said it back when he became the interim coach last season. We said it then, Dom Ducharme is not the right person to get the permanent position in the fall. Please don't, please don't, please don't, please don't. Well, okay, the Montreal Canadiens went ahead and did that anyway. Um, and, and just to support that... Uh, Toronto was up first round of the playoffs 3-1. If they had won that series, Dom Ducharme does not continue uh, as as no. the head coach. That that was kind of a given. You had the fan base calling for his head. You had the the media, particularly the French media, saying he's not the right guy. Um, and Carey Price carries them to the 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 uh, Stanley Cup final, and so it's okay. Well, it's you know how can you fire your coach after that? So it was natural for him to get the um, extension. But just just to remind everybody to put it into context, uh, what you're saying there. It's just you know. So now you're stuck with Ducharme. He has said before, you know, communicating is 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 not a natural skill of his and to add on top of that. Now he's got this complex system that he's trying to trying to put into motion and it's just not clicking. Um, I think, I think he needs to simplify things um, in, in the system. I think he needs to let his players just get back to basics and do what they do best that they've known how to do. Um, you know, I, I, I don't know that you can just scrap your whole system 14, 14 games into the season, but it's not working. And if it continues like this, something drastic has to happen. Um, I don't know. It's, frustra- it's frustrating to watch. I imagine that uh, you know the, the players are trying to put on a brave face about it in front of the in front of the media and and talking about the you know oh we're a tight group and oh we're trying and oh it's just we're so close and oh it's all but i imagine the demeanor is a lot different uh when they go home for the day or in private in conversations with one another um you know it's it's something has to give soon um yeah (laughs) 
really frustrating. All right, we are going to take a break. Uh, we're going to bring you a message from our sponsors, DraftKings. And on the other side, uh, we're going to get you caught up on everything else you might have missed this week uh, right here. So don't go anywhere. We'll be back right after this here on the Canadians Connection podcast on Rocket Sports Radio. The NHL season is underway, and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has an unbelievable offer to celebrate the greatest sport on ice. New customers can bet just $1 on any NHL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a goal. Doesn't matter if it's a one-time clapper or a deft deflection, however they light the lamp, you win. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, DraftKings won't leave you empty-handed. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Throw down a dollar on any NHL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a goal. This week, one puck in the net nets you a big win with promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. And welcome back to the Canadians Connection Podcast, episode 163, right here at Rocket Sports Radio, allhabs.net. Hey, make sure you're following us on uh, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, at Habs Connection. You never want to miss an episode. Uh, and also be sure you're following at All Habs. Uh, Rick runs that account, of course, but it's our main account for Canadians coverage bringing you all of the latest from allhabs.net, our flagship website covering the Montreal Canadiens uh, each and every day. And Rick, that's what we're going to talk about right now. There's been a lot of great content uh, on All Habs, uh, not just on the website, but on other platforms as well. And we, we know that people have busy lives. We know it's been a busy week already. That's why we're here uh, midweek uh, instead of waiting till Saturday. And we don't want anyone to miss a single bit. So starting off with just, you know, when you wake up in the morning and you're drinking your coffee and you're getting ready for work or you're off on your commute uh, and you just want to say, okay, what's the latest with the Montreal Canadiens? Well, allhabs.net has a great place for you to get all caught up each and every weekday. Every Monday morning, Chris G is there with your Habs notepad. It's a weekly uh, notepad that he puts out every Monday, gives you everything that you need to get caught up on from from the week prior and and uh, and the and over the weekend and then Tuesday through Friday each of those weekdays uh, ready for you basically at six o'clock in the morning Rick is there with the Habs headlines post each and every morning really quick way to just hit all of the headlines uh, for the Montreal Canadiens in the last 24 hours gets you completely up to date and ready to start your day and you know everything you need to know about your favorite team. 
For sure, we have, uh, and and uh, other no- other mornings we have. Uh, there'll be a game recap, mm-hmm. uh, a full game recap. Uh, you may uh, watch the game, turn it off, go to bed uh, when you wake up in the morning. The full game recap is there um, on game days uh, later uh, in the, the afternoon. We have our game previews, and uh, I do all the stats section of, of that, and we have uh, both Sam and Cole helping out this uh, this season. Uh, they're quite involved with that. So we have a team that that uh, is excited uh, to bring you uh, all the information you need uh, to continue uh, All Habs Hockey Magazine being your trusted source. Uh, we don't, we don't claim to be first. We don't claim to be the loudest or, or <laughs> have the, 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 you know, the, the latest or a rumor. Um, we just, we want you to be able to trust us. Once you, once you read it at all Habs, you know, it's gotta be true. Absolutely. Uh, the other thing, if, uh, you haven't done so already, make sure you're following and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Go to youtube.com slash allhabs, subscribe to the channel, hit the notification bell uh, so that you're always notified when there's a new video uploaded. And that's the best way to make sure you never miss an episode of Habs Fan Forum. Uh, It's uh, our weekly video column uh, hosted by uh, Ben Dankyu. It comes out every Thursday. In fact, there's one coming out tomorrow. Uh, and in it, you know, Ben is a fans fan. Ben Ben is Ben is passionate about the Montreal Canadiens. And his video column every week just really takes you through his reactions of everything, good, bad, ugly, indifferent, that's happened with the Canadians over the course of the past week. And you, as a fan, you can feel all those emotions right there with him. Um, sometimes he's sporting a fun haircut. Sometimes he's sporting some fun facial hair. You never quite know what Ben's going to surprise you with. <laughs> so that's why you have to be subscribed to the YouTube channel uh, to never miss an episode of Habs Fan Forum and look for a new episode coming out tomorrow. Um, also... Talk about great things that you don't want to miss. Uh, our colleague Mike Rashel has begun a new uh, series on allhabs.net of Habs Profiles. Uh, he kicked the series off with a, a, a deep look at Nick Suzuki and and his, his hockey career that's led him to where he is today. But most recently, uh, the newest one that he's got out this, this past week is on none other than Michael Pizzetta, the, the spark plug that fans just seem to love. Uh, they enjoyed watching him in the preseason. He's been a, a Laval fan favorite for, for a number of years now. And uh, with his NHL debut happening just within the last week uh, and, and so forth, it was perfect timing, Rick, for uh, Mike Rashel to have a profile on Michael Pozzetta that our fans and listeners will not want to miss reading. And you're going to um, you're going to see those those um, profiles come out uh, every second Sunday on allhabs.net. Absolutely. So check that out. Uh, and as we mentioned before, also be sure you're subscribed to our, not only to this podcast, I should say that first and foremost, look down, make sure you subscribe to Canadians Connection. Um because, you know, on a week like this, you're expecting to not hear this podcast until Saturday. And then suddenly, whoa, it's here on Wednesday. Well, we wouldn't have wanted you to miss that. If you're subscribed to the podcast, then you got a notification saying, hey, it's a new day. We realize it's not the regular day. But guess what? Canadians Connection is here 
filling your ears. Let's go. Let's listen to it. Uh, so make sure you're subscribed. Tell your friends to subscribe, but also subscribe to our sister podcast, which is The Press Zone. Uh, you can find both of those either at canadiansconnection.fm or thepresszone.fm. Make sure you're subscribed. Uh, the Press Zone, of course, hosted by Rick and myself, comes out every Tuesday. It covers the Montreal Canadiens' prospects, uh, the Laval Rocket, and the American Hockey League in general. You don't want to miss that. And next Tuesday uh, is another uh, week where our friend Patrick Williams rejoins us for a great edition of the AHL Hot Stove, which he comes on the show every other week to do. Uh, it's going to be a great show. You don't want to miss that. Um, you know, Rick, we talked about Ben sometimes sporting some fun facial hair. He's, uh, he's, he's, he's trying to rock the Movember stash as are other members of our team. Um, that's, it's Movember. It's, it's hard to believe it's, it, it is November already, but great fundraising initiative. The whole, there's so many members of the team that are involved, uh, this year, whether they're trying to grow that spectacular mustache or they're joining the move challenge and trying to move but can you tell folks a little bit about what movember is if they're not familiar with it and and how they can get involved movember it's the the month that uh that we grow mustaches to attract attention uh to men's health issues both uh, physical and mental health and uh, the Movember Foundation is a charity that raises money during the month of November. Um, and a big portion is is from hockey fans. Uh, it's uh, it's uh, Hockey has our, always supported uh, Movember. And, and you see players uh, donning uh, mustaches, um, some better than others. Uh, you see our team donning mustaches and facial hair. And you see our team that uh, are doing some fundraising to uh, try and help raise raise money. And on the fundraising uh, arm of this, uh, it's both awareness and fundraising. But with respect to fundraising, we're about halfway towards our goal uh, and we're a third of the, the month uh, through, so 10 days in. And so I think that's really good progress. Uh, you mentioned Ben. Ben's helping out uh, to be a bit of a motivator for our team mm -hmm. uh, to uh, keep people updated, to uh, recognize some of the, the the activities they're doing and the way that they're fundraising. Um, so thanks to Ben for that. And, and thanks to everyone who has... Uh, gone to our page and donated um you can either you you can either donate in any in any amount uh or you can um uh, join our team and and uh, set up your own fundraising page as well and all you have to do to take part is to go to mo team all one word mo team m o team dot co that's not dot com it's dot co slash all habs all one word, all Habs. So moteam.co slash all Habs. We want to see you there. And as I, I even said on, on the press zone yesterday, I really need to get my button gear. Of course, you know, it happens to be just a crazy busy month for the AHL report. Lots of projects going on. So have not, I, I've got a, I'm getting left in the dust by our team. Our team has been doing such a great job with getting those kilometers racked up. I got to get caught up. My, wait, if I if I put mine in in miles, will I take over everyone quicker? 
I don't think does that's it work? how it works. Does it work that way? No, I don't think that's how it works. <laughs> oh, darn. All right. Well, the Canadians are going to log some miles of their own this week. Uh, they've got one more home game uh, coming up on Thursday night when they host the Calgary Flames, and then they head out on the road. I feel like they play Detroit every other day, but they're going to Detroit, um, and they're playing the Red Wings. And then on Sunday, dun 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 Heading to TD Garden to take on those Boston Bruins. Um, so uh, three games coming up uh, for the rest of this week. You're not going to want to miss a miss- minute of it. Be sure you are following at All Habs on Twitter for live in-game updates. Uh, really, really well done game previews, as Rick mentioned before, uh, and and the um, and the game recaps as well, which are which are really really well done. Um, and and. It means that we get to see you on Monday because, mm-hmm. you know, we're going to have three games to talk about. So we we're saw back, you. Yeah, we're, we're midweek and then a beginning of the week episode. And um, and in between, we've got uh, Remembrance Day. Um, That's right. Remember that. Um, and I'm just going to look back to, to last weekend. Um, and we had a, a special message from Tamo Solani, which uh, was t- terrific. Yes. But since then, since that aired, um, I've got a whole bunch of emails, texts. Um, there was there was a number of Facebook messages on my Facebook page, uh, and uh, certainly our Slack team on our Slack account, all saying happy birthday. Uh, there was there was a birthday greeting from from. Uh, uh, Europe, there, there are lots of, of uh, you who listen to the podcast sent me birthday greeting. I just want to say thank you. Um, and that was, uh, that was really nice. That was terrific. And uh, we're glad that uh, uh, you listen. I'm always grateful that, that you listen. But uh, then to get the greetings, that was really nice too. What a way to make your birthday special. It was. And Timo Salah, I heard that the Timo Salani thing was... It was tremendous. (laughs) All right. Well, we hope you enjoy your week. We hope, uh, we hope, fingers are crossed that on Monday, uh, we're going to come back. I'm going to be joining Rick on Monday for for that episode as well. Let's keep our fingers crossed that we get to talk about some wins. Maybe we'll see what happens, but uh, enjoy the week. Stay safe. Uh, Our, our, uh, our best to veterans uh, and anyone who has, Uh, given the ultimate sacrifice as we remember you on Remembrance Day. And we'll see you back here for another great episode of the Canadians Connection podcast on Rocket Sports Radio. See you then. Click subscribe so you never miss an episode of Canadians Connection. Visit allhabs.net for breaking news about the Montreal Canadiens.